the following podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and the possible destruction of society as we know it. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light, and I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that too. Sounds interesting. Right. And then I see the disinfectant, it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that. So. Happy talk and spin. He pretended it was not happening. And when none of that worked and the government failed to protect us with inadequate testing, he turned his attention to finding some magic pill some bolt from the blue cure that could make everything go away, that would make the economy and the stock market come back, that would get Donald Trump reelected. Those words about inserting UV light into the human body, about injecting disinfectant into the human body, established a new benchmark of sorts in the history of public utterances by our presidents in that house. And consider for a moment the fact that we are in the midst of a pandemic with over 50,000 dead. His words were greeted with revulsion and downright anger on the part of healthcare professionals. His words caused a spike in calls to poison control and to a lesser degree launched a thousand jokes and memes that continue tonight. And it's clear this one will stay with him forever. And the active cases, I think it's about 16% of all of Australia's cases are now uh, active. The rest have either recovered or sadly died. The government is rejecting calls to relax the coronavirus lockdown, saying the outbreak remains at a delicate and dangerous stage. Ministers are asking us to adjust to what they're calling a new normal for some time yet. The number of people known to have died with coronavirus in hospital passed 20,000 today. A sombre milestone. It means Britain has become the fifth country in the world to register that number of deaths from the illness. Casey, first off this year, really continuing and encouraging news from Australia this morning with New South Wales and Queensland both reporting very low numbers. That's right, Joe. Particularly good numbers out of uh, New South Wales today. We've seen Queensland uh, with numbers in the sort of two, three a day uh, last week. There's the total, 6,718 but the really impressive looking number is two. As long as these numbers stay as low as uh, that, it, it's, 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 cause, it's cause for optimism and a good reason for us to have a look at a couple of other uh, key figures. One, the hospitalisation rate. We are clearly well and truly past the peak of hospitalisations in Australia, just 115 people now. In the last 24 hours, 813 people are reported to have died, mostly in hospitals across the UK. It brings the total UK death toll to 20,319 people, but that figure doesn't include deaths in care homes or the community in England and Northern it Ireland. It is a devastating milestone no one wanted to reach. In less than two months, more than 20,000 people have died with COVID-19.
It's important to note when we talk about uh, lockdowns being eased around other countries, many of these countries, the most severely hit countries, have had much tougher restrictions than Australia. So in many cases, their easing of lockdowns is actually still uh, stricter than what we've got uh, here. In the last few minutes, it's been announced that the Prime Minister will return to work on Monday after falling ill with coronavirus. It'll be exactly three weeks after Boris Johnson was moved into intensive care following his admission in hospital in London. snap and duck shit. What a week, eh? Boris is out of hospital, Australia is bringing those numbers down to zero, but COVID still has a stranglehold in the USA. In the midst of all of this, the Donald has proposed injecting disinfectants as an option. Thankfully, he clarified by saying that he is not a doctor, which is lucky because I was confused for a moment there. Maybe he's a doctor of love or I just haven't seen a certificate yet. Listen, you may have all guessed by now that I have a somewhat liberal bias, but I need to get serious for a moment. Cut the jams. This is without doubt the most dangerous fucking thing he has ever said. Do you hear that? The most dangerous fucking thing that Donald Trump has ever said. At the top of it, Brian Willey told us that Poison's information suffered a spike directly after that press conference. If you're sitting there going, Pad, he was just joking, or people wouldn't be that stupid, you need to listen to episode 74 and 75 of Behind the Bastards, all about the miracle mineral solution peddled by the Genesis 2 church. Yeah, that's right, you heard that correctly. Genesis 2, Genesis Strikes Back. They're the grifters that are offering people drinking bleach as a solution for everything from hepatitis through to malaria, and I'm sure that MMS does COVID as well. If you can listen to that and think about the vulnerable people that might believe that the orange idiot was right and decide to go and inject themselves with a bit of bleach and think it is all okay, then I can't help you. While I'm ranting, this is the current world we live in, right? It's an international pandemic, we're all in lockdown, everyone's favourite documentary is about a gay cowboy meth head with a Pershon for tigers, and the president of the USA is recommending injecting disinfectants. What the actual living fuck? Existential dread check? Uh, I'm an 8.5. To help me get off the parapet, I gave Claire Crosby Crammer a call. The Cros is a woman of many talents. She's an extraordinary singer, events maestro, business owner, and brand new mum. I wanted to ask her how being a new mum in the time of Corona was, was, was like, and whether she had any advice for anybody in a similar situation out there. The Cros and I had a fantastic chat, and I'm gonna play it for you right now. Enjoy. Hello. Hello, Cross. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I am all the better for hearing your voice, pal. What's going on in your life, man? I haven't spoken to you in forever. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I've been a bit busy, though. <laughs> 
just just if uh, I'm going to be honest, just a touch, Cruz. Uh, yeah, she's got she's got a bit on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just uh, be real frank here, folks. She's a little under pressure. Uh, don't want to alarm anybody, but uh, she's a bit under the pump. How's body mum life, Cruz? How are you coping? Oh, you know what? It's the best and the most fucked thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I'm filled with so much love and then also underlying all of it is, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? <laughs> Why did I do this to myself? Why did I yeah. coordinate and collude with my partner to make this happen? Yeah, we did it on purpose. Yes, Actually, no, we did it. It was a total crime. accident. But, I mean, like, the the idea that it was to grow a family, it was an accident to start off with. Um. And lo and behold, you know, the same year we take on a business, you know, and buy a house, you know what? Just whack it on the tab. Let's have a baby. It's just all in, you know? I would really love it if that was your business card. It said, Claire Crosby, whack it on the tab. (laughs) You know, that gives me a great idea. I should do that. You should. It's a good piece of branding for you, Cross. Mate, (laughs) what an incredible and absolutely nuts time, like buying a house, opening a business and having a baby like in a way COVID's probably been a quite a nice break for you well I mean there has been moments where I've gone you know what that's okay let's just you know but what I have noticed also is after having a baby my life would not have been too dissimilar to isolation anyway yeah when you know like I where the hell am I going when I'm breastfeeding where where am I heading off to that's so effing important when the baby feeds for 40 minutes every 90 minutes. Where am I going? Who am I catching up for a cup of coffee with? 40 it's not minutes happening every 90 regardless. minutes? Yeah, yeah. So, well, this is something that I learned. When you are breastfeeding, like, you don't think about time between feeds as, you know, I started feeding him at 10 o'clock and he finished at 11 or, like, at 10.40. I don't count then from 10.40 two hours to the next feed. You have to start the count from when you started the feed, which is really weird. So, yeah, so then, well, that was a period of time where he was doing every 90 minutes we were feeding for 40 minutes. Um, God, Cross. And there's only so much Netflix you can watch, you know, (laughs) when you're feeding. I went from, like, really high-end stuff, you know, to – to watching things like um, Australia's Cheapest Weddings. Oh, and wow, Crosby. Yeah. Oh, man. Tell you what, that's some spectacular viewing. If you haven't done it, <laughs> I recommend it. I recommend it. <laughs> so let's just get this clear. You know, you run a freaking wedding venue in the Swan Valley, Cros, and, mm, and yes. now with that being closed, you're getting your dose of weddings back by watching Australia's cheapest weddings. Is is that what is happening here? Well, I didn't realise that that that's how um, people around me may connect the dots. But I, before he <laughs> came home, and he was like, "You're kidding." you're watching wedding stuff like we're, we're supposed you're supposed to be having a break from me like you're on mat leave like i regardless of the iso situation you shouldn't be watching wedding re, wedding related content and i was like but it's just so good because they're so dumb and <laughs> there's so many things that i could have said and told them i find myself yelling at the television and like complaining and like you know, just you know 
thinking about these people who were these wedding coordinators on this show and just thinking to myself, I could do this so much better. Also, I wouldn't let you make those choices because it looks fucking ridiculous. It's <laughs> um, quite so, cathartic in a way for you, Grudge. Yeah, yeah. And um, my Toby's looking up at me while he's sucking away going, okay, so they gave me a crazy, that's good. <laughs> I mean, He's was, trying to get his... It's never going to be go. a low-energy kid, this kid. Like, between you and Corey, you're both very high-energy humans. He was always going to be a busy fella. Is he a busy fella? He is. He he does um he does keep himself busy, I must say. He loves um he, he doesn't have that like wonderful thing that people talk about nap time. It's not a he's you know, I'd rather not. I feel like that's kind of his MO. Rather not. Hard pass. It's a hard pass on the it's nap hard time. Pass. It's a big no from me. Yeah, <laughs> Toby's it's a the solid baby. no. Yeah. Um so we kind of get up and we have a feed and then it's playtime and then we have another feed and then it's playtime and then he'll kind of like pass out, but accidentally, not on purpose. Like he won't be like, okay, it's nap time, mum. He'll just kind of be like, <laughs> and then he's out. Um, the afternoons, no idea. No, nobody knows what's going on in the afternoon. We have no idea. And then we're all good. He wakes up kind of about 6.30 after a bit of a nap and we have dinner to, we can have dinner anytime between 6 and 8 p.m. and it doesn't really matter <laughs> what time we have dinner but he'll be asleep and any at any point that any food touches any plate he's mm. awake and screaming unbelievable yeah unbelievable. it's great it's a real gift so yeah busy <laughs> he's busy he's a bit busy he's got a bit on too <laughs> And, Cross, are you getting any sleep? Like, how's that been tracking for you? You know what? I'm actually really lucky. He's, he, as much as I'm giving him a bit of shtick right now, he sleeps really well at night. So right. he goes down about 10, 10.30, and then he's out till about 2.30, and then um, up again about 5.30. Um, so I only really get up twice um, at night to feed him. Um, but during the day, he's a feed demon, so... <laughs> The feed demon. He'd be on need mm. for feed, uh, the fast and furious. Yeah, need for feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going to make yeah. whole video games about that. Um, Only it's the farts and the furious because ah! he's such a gassy baby. See what I did there? See what I did there? I'm spending mate. so much time indoors that I'm just getting so sharp. <laughs> and Cross, we've got to be honest, pal. You were sharp before. Beforehand, you were, you're like a razor, pal. You've gone to full samurai sword over there, which is pretty exciting. I think you should be pumped about that. <laughs> um Cross, my first segment on the show is called Existential Dread. Uh, okay. I'd like, to help, I'd like you to help me sing the theme tune for it. Um, so if you could pull out one of your beautiful classic Claire Crosby harmonies, that would be, that would be great. <laughs> They're so classic. They're so, they, are, they literally are, though. <laughs> like, you know, I say that to some people on this program and I'm sort of just trying to pump them up. But uh, for you, pal, it's, it's actually genuinely quite serious. Um, okay. So, so my part goes existential dread um, okay so if you could sing a little something yeah maybe a bit higher than that um mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, in the same mm -hmm. sort of vein do you reckon you could pull something okay off? i can well i'm well enough caffeinated so let's see what happens great i'd love that all right so we'll go okay. after three ready one two three 
existential dread. Yes. Um, Cross, how's your existential dread? Scale of one to ten, pal. Where are you sitting at the moment? Oh, you know, it changes uh, day to day, mm. and I think that's got a lot to do with the realities of being mum. Some days I'm like, I can do this. This is fine. I'm not dreading too much. And then other days I'm like, it's the post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> and um, wait between like a six and a 9.9. Wow, um, fuck. <laughs> so like, you know, it's, it's pretty, you know, it, everything's a bit isolating anyway. And I, mm. I went in, so I went into hospital um, on the Friday before shit got real over that weekend. Yeah. So when we were in the hospital over that weekend, we were allowed to have our closest family come in to see us after we had the baby. And then on the Monday, it went down to just um, uh, partners only. Right. And, um, and I was told even the week before by my obstetrician that I needed to have – Isolate, start isolating myself already. So I've been in lockdown for seven weeks. Fuck, Roz. Yeah. I've been to two places in that time. I've been to my parents' house and I've been there three times over seven weeks and back to the hospital for Toby's um, paediatric checkup. So I've literally been out house four times in seven weeks aside from the walk around the block that we needed to do and the most dread that I had was actually building up to the walking around the block which was really weird because yeah because I was I just I hadn't been outside and I had turned the outside world literally into like I had no idea what it looked like outside anymore and when Corey kind of like gave me the you know courage to get to the end of the driveway I could see cars driving around and I was like, oh, oh, okay, people are still outside. Like I had turned it into this like barren wasteland outside and I think, yeah, it was really weird because all you do is inside and you're just watching the news and, you know, and I'm very vulnerable, very um, hormonal and a precious little baby in my arms and I was just too scared to just breathe the air outside. Jesus, Claire. So that was it was pretty intense and that's a bit of hashtag real chat, but you know <laughs> <laughs> Um But you know, and then I started to go further than the driveway and then I started to go to the end of the street and then, you know, we now we do full hour walks around and um, you know, that that's helping. But I um you know, I, I think I'll have to really work myself up to having the courage to just walk into the shops. Yeah. I mean, like I'll really have to give myself up, thing like that. Um, and, dude, and I think that's really understandable. Like that combination of factors is really fucking scary. Mm. Massively. Yeah, massively. And there's so many, um, there's a lot of new mums I think who are going through it. Like I was, I keep thinking about all of the women that were on the ward with me. Not that I met them all, but um, the day before we went in, there were eight other women who had had C sections. Um, Fuck. And I keep thinking of the twenty-four hour period that we were in. There. Um, oh, sorry, that twenty-four hour delivery period, and and thinking about all of the women past that, and and going, you know, this is crazy because. One thing that they tell you, all of like the stuff that they tell you about pregnant 
pregnancy and new mum stuff is don't isolate yourself. The worst deal is, is to isolate yourself. Yeah. And then the only thing I've been able to do is isolate myself. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so it's a bit, it's, it's been a bit heavy. It's been a bit heavy, but he's so precious. He's the coolest, most gorgeous, most wonderful little human ever. And my husband, Corey, has just been an absolute legend, absolute legend. That really is. I mean, mm. mate, it's a big part of – I wanted to talk to you for a bunch of reasons. Number one, I miss your silly face. And number two, I, I was really <laughs> interested to hear, like, about how that experience was because, I mean, I don't think it's been – I don't think people are talking about it a lot at all. But like I was, I was, I thought the timeline would be about that, that you basically had Toby and then you were straight into ISO. Um, and that just must've been so freaking scary, Claire. Yeah. Um, and it, it sounds like you've pulled yourself together well. Um, it was, it was real. It was really terrifying and you are so hormonal and the first week is all right because you're, you're you're essentially drugged into the fucking eyeballs. Like I was right. on like, That's I don't know. News. Yeah, it was, oh, it was awesome. Oh, it was so great. Um, it was great. And, and um, at that point it had really gone into the real harsh, harsh lockdown. So that first week that we were home, my mum came a couple of times after work on her way through um, from work and that was okay. Um, but it was like week two when, um, you're off the drug. You're off the drugs. No one's allowed to come and see you anymore, and you're still recovering. Section. So I'm still like hobbling around the house a little bit. Um, that's the point in time where he's like, that was the 90 minute, 40 minute thing yeah. happening, and so you're sleep deprived. You're off the meds. You're hormonal as fuck. You, no one's allowed to come and see you, so you got no one to like lean on except for your husband, who's also tired doesn't know what's happening you know what I mean like we're both so um on edge and so you have to be a team and we're lucky but I keep thinking of some women who um who have maybe pre-existing um anxiety Mm. issues or like have maybe suffered from you know uh, depression in the past or you know still battling with depression and having another layer like a newborn baby and not being able to have um, you know, that that whole spiel about it takes a village to raise a child. Well, yeah. we had a village of two and for us knew what we were doing and we still don't really. Um, but, you know, um, my mum and dad, mum turned 70, so it meant that we could go and see her on compassionate grounds. But, you know, the compassion was more for me than for her. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> But we, at least we had that, we had that, you know, we're allowed to go and see my parents because mum's 70 and we're going into check-in and that kind of thing. We weren't there for that long either, but you know, at least we had a leg to stand on there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so lucky that you decided to move back to Perth, Claire, in so many ways, like from yeah. in Sydney um, yeah. and being around your family and having that access at the moment is, is a really, fuck, so important. I mean, I know you would have had Corey's family if you were this way, but it's, it's, mm. it's you know, that turned out to be a really solid call on your part. Um, yeah. And, mate, I guess what I'm, I'm also interested in is you've given me a big uh, existential dread range there, um, and I can totally understand what's been pushing you up to the 9.9. What's been bringing you back down to sort of sitting at a 6? Oh, um, 
Oh, it's so lame. It's it, it's 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 him. He he causes me my worst dread and my and my and my total chill. Yeah. And in life in general, my version of a total chill across the board in any scale is a six. You it's know, true. Like it's I just, yeah, I'd pay that. I don't know what it's like to be below a five. I don't live my life like that. Uh, never known. What's a four? Couldn't couldn't no, relate. Couldn't tell you. Can't relate. Never. I came out at a seven. So. Um, Neutral is a seven. Six is I'm having a really, really relaxed day. Um, six was when I was on the meds, you know? Yeah, yeah. The endone um, will do you a favour there. Endone does help you bring it down to a six. Try endone, ladies and gentlemen. It'll bring it <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. Um, <laughs> unless you have kids. Um, Good point. Uh, yeah, but um, no, no, no. So, yeah, him. He just, you know, he's starting to smile now and the shape of a routine um, it helps. Um, our walks, our walks, you know, fresh air, a bit of sun on my face, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the kind of, and then also watching things like Australia's Cheapest Weddings, that really helped me that day. That really, that really helped me. I've watched some shit reality TV. Oh, this time. really, Cross? What oh, have you been leaning I into went, in the shit reality TV uh, front? I lent hard into Geordie Shaw. Oh, no, Claire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good viewing. Uh, hard into Geordie Shaw. Fuck. Botched. Oh, no. Um, Is that the bad plastic surgery one? Yeah, great. Really good. Um, and then there's um, there's another version of botched. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. It's like celebrity surgeons or something. Celebrity surgery or some shit like that. Oh, no. um, <clears throat> and... Um, Bit of that. Uh, what else have I done? What else have I done? When I lived with um, Keir Wilkins um, and Jester Gow, we would sit down um, when we first moved to Sydney. We would sit down on, I think it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday night and watch embarrassing bodies. Mm, great. And like, man. Great. Only that doctor is really weird. Yeah. That doctor just, he, like, he needs a little bit of help too. Like he's got, I don't know what it is, if it's a five finger forehead or I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Hey, but Cros, there's something we I was are, like, you're not the host. We are not against people with large foreheads on this show. All right. As a man who's now 90% <laughs> forehead, um, there is nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there was something just not in proportion with that guy. I always, I've always looked at you, Pat Cullen, and gone, that guy is well proportioned. Thank um, you so, so much, Claire. That's very kind of you. I, you know, other people might not take that as a compliment, but I really do. I um, I walked into a room the other day, and one of my mates just went, "Oh, mate, your hair's looking really thick." And I was like, my whole heart basically exploded oh. with joy. I was like, "That is, yes. that is the only compliment that I want to hear now at the age of like thirty-two with a receding hairline to be able to hear somebody say your hair's looking thick is is literally, it was. I tell you what, Cros, my heart nearly exploded with joy. That's it. That's it. It's like when I get asked whether or not I'm a natural blonde. Ah, yeah, Cross. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, just yeah. a little – no one sees the tear. The tear happens on the inside. But you just go, I love you. I don't know you, but I, lo I really love you. And, yes, I am a natural blonde for anyone who asks. Yeah, absolutely, Cross. Absolutely. All <laughs> listeners of the show will firmly believe that. Um, yeah. Great, pals. So, listen, so some botched, some embarrassing celebrity bloody – um, plastic yeah. surgery. Yep, great. Yeah. What gives you so much joy about this, Cros? Do you think these terrible reality shows? Oh, where do I start? Um, so, look, I've, I've, I just find humans so interesting, mm. um, and especially those that I can't relate to. <laughs> 
Um, and so there's a lot of judgment um, and it feels very safe in my own home to be that judgmental. Um, but I think, I think I just find it so interesting. I'm not, I, I, I don't sit there to laugh at them, mm. but I just find it's, I just, you know, humans of all different types who actually think that this behaviour is okay, mm. who, who who talk to their friends in such a way. Like I've really lent into the um, housewives of insert American city here. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been actually a big fan for a long period of time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I've had to travel around different states now because Housewives of LA finished filming Definitely. and I had to, but, I, you know, anyway, I got into Housewives of New York and the way that these women talk to one another. I've never been away with eight girls. I've never been away with eight people. Let's make a toast to Dorinda. Oh, we just had her oh, birthday. Like and you know what? I'm so, so glad that we made this trip. Can we make a toast? We have about 50,000 square feet of personality in a 10,000 square foot house. And, and they're just, their total lack of... Um, they just do not have a grasp of the way that the world works in the level of society be beneath them. Yeah, right. They're so obsessed with their town cars and their holiday homes in the Berkshires and the Hamptons and all that kind of stuff that you go, but, like, who does your groceries? Yeah. When was the last time you went into Coles? And I just find them fascinating creatures to watch as they parade around in their Gucci's and their Chanel's and they just bitch about one another. And part of me also wants to parade around in my Gucci's and Chanel's, um, but I just don't think I could be that evil as a human as I talk to the people around me. It's, it's extraordinary to see in some of those shows how people manage to live without empathy almost or without insight. Mm. Like... Mm. You know, I, I get worried that I have created so much of a bubble for myself that I'm unable to see outside of it. Um, mm. and, and that's something that concerns me every now and then. But I think that those same characters and those sorts of shows have sort of taken that idea to a whole nother level, you know, a whole nother spectrum. Mm. Um, mm. I don't know. I wonder if there's something in that where it's like it makes you feel more grounded to know that compared to these people, how like salt of the earth or feet on the ground you are? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's that's, that's like one end of reality television. The other end of reality te television, what I re really like actually, funnily enough, to watch is Gogglebox. I know that sounds really strange. Really? That's the one where people are what you're watching people watch TV, right? Yes, and it's. It, I think that kind of goes on that whole idea of like making yourself feel grounded. It's a really interesting. Um, it's a really interesting show because I find myself having little. As I watch television, you have these little thoughts that pop up, and you go, "What does she say?" or "What does that mean?" or you laugh and you question whether or not someone said something incorrectly or they used, you know, mm. the wrong syntax and you, you like as you as you as you watch stuff your brain is constantly like ticking over with its own narrative as long as you're understanding the plot line of whatever show you're watching but you're also like observing the human and observing the conversation and observing your reaction to what's going on and then you watch a show like Gogglebox and you realise how much you've got in common with your neighbour. We watched the true life fairy tale of a girl from Tassie and her romance with Frederick, Crown Prince of Denmark. Friday I'm going to swarming with eligible men. Yeah, you like this, Holly. Tassie, she met this bloke in a pub and he was the Prince of During De the Olympics. Denmark. Sydney Olympics. Is that yeah. her? Yeah. 
She looks surprisingly like her, that girl. She looks nothing like Princess Mary. But is that actually her or is it... No, oh, it's an actress. Exactly, that's what I thought. You know, yeah. or, or um, where the kind of core voice is as we watch this stuff, as this stuff is being projected to us and every night we sit down and we digest whatever's being filtered through to us, I wonder how many other people think what I think. And a show like that, I kind of confirms and I go, all right, most of Australia's, most of Australia's on my side. This guy's a twat. This is fantastic, <laughs> everyone, you know, and, and, and that's good. That's good. I feel affirmed in my... In, in my in my beliefs. Yeah. Man, you know um, what? It's been a weird sensation, right? Because I've been getting really into reaction videos on YouTube and I keep watching yes. like reaction videos like um, I love this metal band Tool and uh, they released a new mm. album recently and I've been watching all of these dudes react to songs from it and I can't stop watching these reaction videos even though like not really much happens. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah, yeah. these people yeah, like their... watching unboxings. Yeah. What is that about? I don't Why know. do we have like but I watch so many of them cuz back in my former life before before the little stint in the music industry and before my little stint in the wedding stuff, I remember the years that I was working at the Chanel counters and the YSL counters? I remember those. Yes. Well, I am obsessed with watching people reviewing new makeup palettes and stuff like that. I have no intention of buying these palettes. I have no intention of applying my makeup like these absolute idiots who cake it on <laughs> like it's nobody's business. Unbelievable amount of product that they go through. Talk about wastage. But <laughs> I have to – I watch these reviews and I watch them swatch the colours on their arms like I'm some sort of like fiend. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so glittery. It's so matte. Oh, my God, look at it. Look at that – uh, who am I? I'm not buying this shit, uh, but I have to watch this. I have to watch this 16-year-old who looks 35 <laughs> in her bedroom in America tell me the new nude palette by Huda Beauty is absolutely a must-buy. <laughs> Man, Beauty YouTube is supposed to be its own whole world. I hear there's a whole, Ugh. like, there's a whole spectrum of characters in there. Again, there's, like, uh, I think it was a Reply All, which is a fantastic podcast. Did I did a whole thing on how there's basically a, a, almost a reality show in itself between the competition and then like the infighting between various beauty YouTubers, and that there's a, like a whole ecosystem that lives out there. Oh, I'm no just waiting for E to make a, a a reality TV show about it. Cross, that's going to be worlds colliding, pal. I'm not sure that you're going to be able to like internalize that when that comes out. That might just blow I your just face. I just put right myself off. back into self self isolation to get through it. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, sorry guys, I'm busy. Won't I'm even busy. leave your bedroom, Cross. It'd just be you and Tobes just doing feeds and pushing through that, mate. You'll be living the yes. dream. That's it. That's it. That's um, great, Cross. I love that. Have you got any other recommendations for the people, pal? Anything else that's been bringing you joy? Um. Uh, get your husband into baking. That's always been good. I've been calling that chef isolation. Um, <laughs> what's Corey um, been baking? Oh, what's he not been baking? Um, it's not enough that I've put on however many kilos in the pregnancy. Um, now he's decided that all of the breads need to appear in our house. Fantastic. So he's gone for focaccias Ooh. and wholemeal loaves. Um, he's done hot cross buns. Wow. Don't mention them around him because that did not work. And um, <laughs> Don't mention the war, folks. Don't mention the war. 
don't don't go for the hot cross chat. Um, and to, um, to be fair, and, they're difficult to pull off, right? If you yeah. if you even slightly go either way on your hot cross buns, you either get mush or actual rocks, like genuine yes. stones. Yeah, yeah. Then that's kind of where we ended up. Um, <laughs> but I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more recommendation. It's slightly not ISO related, oh. um, but before I go, because the baby's already screaming for boo. Um, the don't make croissants from scratch the night before you go into hospital okay so context please i got told on the thursday that i had to have the baby on the friday three weeks early and in my inability to go beyond uh, below a six on any scale Mm. i decided the best thing for me to do when i got home instead of sitting on the couch relaxing maybe packing my hospital bag chilling out enjoying the last few hours of Corey and i by ourselves I decided that I was going to make chocolate croissants from scratch, having Crosby. never made them before, Crosby. with limited <laughs> is that every time you make a layer, you have to wait an hour. So I started the croissants at about three, finished them about 9.30, oh um, and they didn't turn out well. We ended up calling it chocolate, chocolate butter bread, but it really helped me to kind of prepare for birth. D- couldn't tell you how those two things relate, but I can tell you no amount of chocolate butter bread will prepare you for what's coming, so don't do that the night before you go into hospital. That's my final recommendation. Crosby, that's great advice. I think there's a lot of people are going to find that very relevant. <laughs> I know, and I feel that's, you know, I am relatable as a human. You are, man. You are hashtag relatable content. Um, Cros, I will let you go and feed the baby. Really lovely to talk to you, though, man. Um, let's hang out soon, and, and yeah, really just nice I to hear your that. voice. I would love that. Happy ISO, Patrick. Happy ISO, Crosby. See you soon, pal. (laughs) Bye, mate. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Claire Crosby for joining us on the show. Man, talking to that wonderful lady really helped set my mind right. And I hope it did the same for you, ladies and gentlemen. Cheers to Cros. Hopefully she's doing well over there with the lovely little Tobes. All right, let's do some credits. Intro music this episode was home by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros of Up From Below 2009 BMG. Background music, this lovely jam, is Modern Samba by Kevin MacLeod of Latinx 2014. News clips this episode from MSNBC, BBC and ABC News Australia, all from the 27th of April 2020. We also featured clips from Real Housewives of New York, that's Bravo TV, and Gogglebox Australia, Channel 10. All of that's used in conjunction with our online mini license from APRA AMCOS, that's OL1099. Now, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you could take a quick minute to pull your phone out of your pocket, hit that subscribe button, hit the old five stars button, even better, hit that share button and share it with your friends. That'd be awesome. You can find us on Facebook at The Isocast, all one word, or on Twitter at The Iso underscore cast, because somebody stole my Twitter handle. I'll find them. I will end them. Also, please subscribe to Behind the Bastards, which is arguably my favorite podcast no not even arguably it is my favorite podcast outside of my own it is very 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 good please listen to episode 74 about the genesis 2 church to understand the true horror of the donald's comments earlier in the week hooly dooly 
folks, we will be back next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Really appreciate it. Hope you're staying safe out there. Wash those hands. Don't touch your face. And we'll catch you next week.